isn't it? Appreciate that. I'm glad he'll raise us up, won't he? Amen. And uh, we're going to do something a little different this morning. Uh, how many of y'all like learning new courses? Yeah, appreciate one. Amen. And I bet you he probably already knows this one. I didn't know it. I'd never heard it. But uh, I want to say I've uh, been, um, let me just tell you where it's come from. Uh, I don't know, months ago, um, someone sent me um, a little uh, video. And on it, it had um, a couple of descriptions there about the Word of God. And boy, that got on me. And I got to thinking about it. And I started studying right then and looking at what has the Word of God been likened to in the Bible about itself. And um, there's eight great symbols or images that the Word of God is likened to, that I feel led to emphasize. Is there more? Sure. There's a a lot more. But I felt led, and by the way, these eight will probably take a while. But um, so as I was just sharing that on Wednesday, I shared with the church, I was going to start a series of messages on what are, and we're going to look at the first one today, and I'm going to give you a very long introduction. Um... That makes you nervous, doesn't it? And um, so when I was sharing that, Brother Don started quoting this, singing this little hymn. I've never heard this little chorus. I've never heard it. So this is going to be our theme for the next, I don't know, several months. I might shut it off a little bit in the month of February, but I probably can incorporate a lot of this even in February. So anyway, Brother Don, won't you come up and lead us in a new chorus and uh, think about this as we sing this song, this chorus, this is what we're going to be looking at for the next several, several weeks. So you guys in the back, put your bifocals on, all right? <laughs> all right. God's word is like a hammer that breaketh the rock in twain, a lamp to guard our footsteps and a light on the stormy main, a sword that has two edges and a mirror ourselves to see. Oh, yes, this is the book of books, the B-I-B-L-E, all right? Let's sing it. Someone may know it. All right, let's try it here this morning. Can I ask real quick, how many knows this? You know it? See, I got a couple here. One person. Nobody has seen it. We have two. Three. All right, here we go. God's word is like a singing that 
through the month and probably for several weeks, and so it will get ingrained in our hearts and minds. I would ask if you would, if you would be so kind, open your precious Bible this morning and open to the book of Hebrews chapter number 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Now I'm going to do something different today that I normally don't ever do. I normally uh, get straight up here and I read the passage and we go from there. But I'm going to read the passage of Scripture here in just a moment. I have a little bit of a lengthy uh, introduction that I want to deal with this morning. And I'll wait till you find your place because I want to make sure that you hear me and understand me. And uh, I've been convicted this morning, uh, even in the Sunday school lesson. So I want to encourage you, if you're not coming to Sunday school, you're missing a great blessing. Um, Brother Nate was speaking and teaching in the Sunday school lesson. And he was talking about, of course, in Ephesians chapter 4, that, you know, we should be, um, we have some teachers, evangelists, and pastors. But what are we doing? We're trying to help people. We want to see people be perfected, which means matured. And there was a part in the lesson where it talked about that we should be giving the truth in love. And um, I I want the church to hear this from me. I think sometimes preachers are misunderstood. And to be fair, I think sometimes I'm misunderstood. But I want to make sure that I'm understood this morning. I love you. And with that comes concern. So a lot of times I think preachers preach with passion and people believe he's just getting on them. I'm not getting on you. I need to quit if I'm not going to preach from a heart of love. But that does get heavy. And so I want to be very clear... As I was preparing for these messages, I thought, man, these are masterpieces, not because I'm giving them, but because of the subject. And as I said, I want to spend much time and messages on the Word of God. And there are eight great symbols or images that the Word of God is likened to that I feel led to try to emphasize There are more. We could do an exhaustive study and we probably would never get off of it. But these are the ones that I want to spend time and I want to emphasize. And I want to just give them to you this morning. We're going to look first this morning on the sword. The word of God has been likened to a sword, a double-edged sword. And then the word of God has been likened to seed. The word of God has been likened to fire. The word of God has been likened to a hammer. The word of God is likened unto a mirror and water, five and six. And then seven, the word of God is likened unto food. And number eight, it's likened unto a lamp. Now, I want to emphasize these, and I want to magnify the importance of reading, meditating, and of course, the teaching and the preaching of God's word. Now, we live in a day where, and I know people aren't saying it, but to be fair, I'm very uh, aware of current events. I'm very aware of things that are going on. 
in our what we call religious society, I'm very aware. Um, I pay attention. I read a lot of articles. I try to find out what the truth. I try to keep a, kind of a pulse of what's going on around us here. And I'm going to be honest with you. I believe what's happened in our churches, and we're not saying it. But I'm afraid there is a spirit and attitude that we are minimizing the teaching and the preaching of God's word. And we're emphasizing so many other things. I really believe that. And I'm sad to tell you, I expect the world to minimize the preaching of God's word. But now I'm seeing people that have been raised on the Word of God. I've seen people that have been trained in the Word of God and they understand the importance of it, but now they are minimizing the importance of reading it, studying it, and of course, minimizing it in coming to public worship and setting under the preaching or the teaching of God's Word. We're in that day. Now, here in this ministry, whether I'm here or not, we must never minimize the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God because everything here should form around it. Now, if you want to talk to me about things we can improve on, we can improve on a lot. And by the way, I'm praying about all that. I'm praying about all of these things. We want to see things improved. And by the way, normally those things are improved with people. People. And they don't just fall out of the sky. They got to be the right kind with the right heart, the right spirit. But I'm thankful in this ministry that we do emphasize, by the way, we emphasize Sunday school, not just because I feel we have the greatest Sunday school teachers in the world. I believe we have the greatest subject that our teachers are teaching on the planet. And I'm going to be honest with you. Every child should be sitting under and being pierced by the sword. Every person should come and listen to the seed. Every person should come and realize that the Word of God is fire. And we ought to come because we know that we need the hammer from time to time. And we know we need water. We need nourishment. We need the food. And we need lead. We need light. We need a lamp. As I look over my ministry of over 26 years, I think of where do we go wrong? Where have I went wrong? What has broken our hearts in the heart of our children, in the heart of our families, or in the heart of our church family? It's, it's this, when they get away from the light and the lamp of God. That's where we start getting in trouble. When we quit seeking the light of God and we start seeking what the world's telling us to do. And after 27 years of it, I'm going to be honest with you, I've found the problem, but I've also found the solution. We need more hammer. We need more sword. We need more seed. We need more lamp. We need more of a mirror. 
we need more water and we need more food that only the Word of God gives. Notice the list. Why is preaching and the teaching, why is Sunday school so important? Why is the preaching of God's Word so important? Why is it important for us to have daily devotions where we open our Bible and we read it and meditate and feed upon God's Word? Because I'm going to tell you something. If we are in the place of where we are receiving the Word of God, if we're receiving the Word of God, then I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. We're going to be pierced. Because it's a sword. Listen, we're going to be convicted and broken because it's a hammer. We're going to be cleansed because it's water. We're going to be refined because it's fire. We're going to be guided because it's a lamp, it's a light in this old dark world. It's going to reflect because it's a mirror. I don't know of a one person this morning that you got up and walked out into public until you looked in the mirror. And even more important is us making sure that our physical appearance, the reflection of that was suitable for us and where we liked it, listen to me, more important than our physical image, our spiritual reflection is more important. If we're sounding, setting under the Word of God and we're getting taught the Word of God or we're reading our Bible, we're receiving the Word of God, it's going to reflect, hey, it will nourish. Why? Because it's food. Everyone, you cannot live without food. We cannot live without spiritual food. It will nourish. By the way, if we're setting under the sound word of God, then it's going to multiply. Why? Because this is seed. Now, can I ask you all a question and you all answer it in your heart? How many of us are setting out and our goal in our life is to be a weak Christian? If I was to ask you that publicly, if you were going to be honest with me, I would hope you'd tell me the truth. But to be fair, these are questions we ask really in the, really in the bottom of our hearts where nobody else knows. Let's just get honest with God. How many of us truly want to desire to be a weak Christian? I think if I would ask everyone here, if you were in a crowd, you would say, absolutely not. I hope that we want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I, I want that. I hope to think that the majority of the people that is affiliated with Tiftonia Baptist Church, that their goal, they would openly say, No, Pastor Mark, I don't want to be a weak Christian. But in order to be a strong Christian, in order to sustain our spiritual life, we must, we must, we must, we must let the sword pierce. We must let the, 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 the Word of God convict because it's a hammer. We must let it cleanse us because it's water. We must let it refine us. And I want to tell you something. Being refined is a very painful process. That's why most people don't want to go through it. 
fire hurts, fire burns. But the ladies, every piece of beautiful gold that you have on your hand or around your neck, it has went through fire to refine all of the 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 the, the dross that is in all the impurities that are in to make it valuable. And do you not think that God knows what is valuable? But to get that out of us, we have to go through painful processes. We're going to be strong Christians. Can I, can I ask you to turn in your Bible to the book of Ephesians? And I want you to look at a verse. And if you would, would you please mark it? Mark it in your Bible. Mark it in your Bible because here's where I'm afraid of. I, I don't want to keep belaboring the point. But, you know, I, I've been saying this. We have to have new Christians and young Christians around here. We have to have people that are, I mean, they're fighting for life. I know, I know I've used this phrase, but I, I hope you understand. I'm not uplifting one group more than another. I'm just being real. I'm being practical. I'm being truthful. And to be fair, I'm being truthful about myself. When these men started to show up in our church that had been struggling. And by the way, one of the most powerful things I ever heard was at one of their, at Brother Jimmy's graduation, the man down there said, yes, we deal with a lot of addictions, but our greatest addiction to have to overcome is ourself. Every other addiction in our life is because we can't get over the addiction of ourself. I've heard no more powerful words than that. And by the way, it didn't come from a Baptist. But as I mentioned that and say, when these men, I'm going to be honest with you, they were convicting to me. They convicted your preacher. They convicted me as a Christian. You say, Pastor, why? Because I'm going to tell you, I've seen something in them that I hadn't even seen in myself for a while. They had to be here. They had to get here. Because they knew they were fighting for their life and they needed the sword and they needed a hammer and they needed light and they needed to be cleansed because every one of them, the devil jumps on their back every day and says, you've done ruined your life. You can't do anything for the Lord. So they came here week after week after week so the Word of God could be poured in their heart to help them. And they were, listen to me, they were soaking up Every word of it. And I'm afraid where we've gotten is here. In Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 17 with me. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because, oh, the blindness of their heart. And then I want, this is the part I want you to notice. Who being past feelings, mark it. Past feelings. What's that mean, pastor? Past feelings. In other words, here's where these people have gotten. They were so blind in their heart and they were so overcome with their feelings. They had done got past feelings and they had done got calloused. 
past feelings. In other words, preacher, you herald it out all you want to. You ain't hitting me. You're not getting me. I've heard that a thousand times, preacher. And I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't affect me anymore. Oh, it used to. Why? Because we've done got past feelings. Oh, pastor, I've heard that. See, when we get saved and we've been in it for a long time, well, we know how to walk the walk. We know how to talk the talk. We know how to think everyone around us. Oh, he's a spiritual person. But the truth is, I'm afraid many times, we that's been in a long time, we've just gotten past feelings. We must be ready to receive the Word of God. Can I ask you all a question this morning? Are you ready to receive the Word of God? What have I learned in my life? What brings people to a place that they're ready to receive the Word of God? Y'all know what it is? Y'all ready? Brokenness. Brokenness. Y'all broke? I'll be honest, every mom and dad in here should be broke. You say, why, Pastor? Because do you know how precious your children are? Do you understand the responsibility that you have to raise a child that God has given to you? Oh, we live in a day now, I got it. Oh, I got that. We can handle that. Again, we've gotten callous to what God says. No, God says we're unable. We're, we aren't capable. We've gotten past feelings. And so therefore we've minimized the preaching of the word. Oh, preacher, I've heard that. Oh, I know that. We can give an exposition of that. Oh, I know that. Oh, preacher, show me verse and, and scripture for that. But here's the problem. If you see the verse in scripture, what are we doing with it? So I say this, out of love, every activity around this ministry, y'all hear me? Every activity or event, anything in this ministry is secondary to this, period, case closed. You say, why, Pastor? And let me just say this. I'm for work. I don't believe there's a person in this country that has tried to encourage everybody to get involved in ministries in this church to help us to clean up things and to put things back in order. But listen to me. Every bit of that is secondary to this. Why? I'll tell you why. Because me going over there in that gym... And doing whatever I'm going to do is not, look at here, and y'all stay with me, and this is out of love. It's not been given to me as a sword. That's not going to be a sword in my life. It's not going to be a sword in your life. It's not going to be a mirror in your life. If, if, we, if we raise up the nursery and put it up and say, man, and by the way, it's a very vital ministry. But we say, oh my goodness, we got to put all this emphasis on the ministry or we got to put it all in the nursery. Listen to me. God's not told me and we're for the ministry of the nursery, but it's not where you're going to get life. 
It's not where you're going to get liked. It's not where you're going to get fed. It's not the institution or the ministry that God gives the wonderful labels and the images of the Word of God. What do we need? I'm going to tell you what your children need. They need lamp. They need light. This is a dark world. Who's going to show them the way? By the way, I was a pretty cocky, arrogant teenager. What busted me up? The Bible. And by the way, I needed busted. Amen. Can I get a witness? How many of y'all ever got arrogant? It's a good day when we get hammered. I didn't say it was feeling good, but it's a good day. Look, you know me. I'm for everything around here. I'm for everything. There's not one person here. Y'all know how I have spent. I've said to all the young people, please go over there and let's get things done. And let's do this and let's do that. Y'all know I'm for work. Y'all know I am. I, I talk about it all the time. We have a lot of activities here. But listen to me. There is nothing that has been given the labels or the images or the mighty work that will take place in our heart by minimizing this service. Can I help every parent here? Every parent needs to make sure their teenager or child is under the sound word of God consistently. Now, here's the problem. They don't always want to be. Neither did I. Neither did you. Can I get a witness? So what do we become? We become pretty good con artists. We can talk a good game and we can give you reasons why. And there are good reasons not to be in here. But listen to me. They need the hammer. They need the food. They need the water. They need the light. They need the reflection. They need the nourishment. They need to be multiplied. And the only thing in this ministry that God gives those titles to is this right here. This is it. This is it. So pastor, why aren't we a church that we spend 45 minutes in music and then we have a 10 minute lesson? Because I believe this is what we need more of. I'm for good music. It's great, but God hasn't given. I'll tell you what, good gospel music is a hammer. Good gospel music, God's never attributed those things as He's attributed to the Word of God. And so listen to me. This is powerful. I'm sitting here in 2024 and I'm looking back over my life. I'm looking back over the lives of hundreds of people that I love and that I have been a part of in their Christian life. And I look, and by the way, even personally, I look, where did things go wrong? Where did things go wrong? And I've sat and I've done a lot of thinking about that. I, I, I can I could give you hundreds of instances. And I'm going to be honest with you. I do sit around and I think a lot. <laughs> do y'all think a lot? I think a lot. I want to come to conclusions. I want to come to answers. I want to come to solutions. I, I, I don't want to focus on, but I'm going to be honest with you. I even can go back to when I was a boy and I think of people that I went to church with. Good people. Good people. 
And we're shocked when something bad happens to good people or something happens in the life of somebody and we say, man, that's unlike so-and-so. And we've always tried to sit around and think about, why did that happen? What caused it? Well, that was the way they were raised or that was just their personality or you know what, that's just the way the world is. But you know what, that's not true. You know what it is? I'm going to tell you all what it is. The reason they're walking in darkness is because they've got away from the light. The reason they started making bad decisions and selfish decisions is because they got away from the mirror. Let's just be honest. So I say this lovingly to you. This book and the preaching of it and the teaching of it should never be minimized. Should never. The reading of it should never be minimized. Why? Because it's light. Why does Brother Don get up here? Why do I get up here and say, I need to be in Sunday school? Here's what most people think. Well, they just want their numbers up. No, I want you all to know something. It's more than me, the numbers. I love people. And I will be honest with you, there's a whole lot worse places you could be on a Sunday morning than in a Sunday school class. So I hope you understand my motive of preaching these messages is because I love you and I know I'm not as old as some of you, but I've been around and I've seen some things. I'm just going to be honest with you, it's heavy. You know what it's like? It's like because of experience, and many of y'all understand this. Let's just let's use a physical, figurative language here that we all understand. Let's say that they put a bridge in down here off of Browns Ferry, and we had a great hole, and if anyone was to fall left or right of that bridge or go across that bridge, if it wasn't open and it was down and someone wasn't aware of it and they go across it. When they go across it, they know that it's, it's complete death, instant death. And so I want to say, now I want you to put that in the spiritual realm of thinking about experience, thinking about how serious the Christian life is, the decisions we make, what we decide, what we don't decide, what we choose to do, what we don't choose to do with the Word of God. It's like I'm standing up here, and I, I know from experience, because I know what it means when I've gotten away from this Word. I know I've seen it from other people when they've gotten away from this Word. And it's like you already know it's coming, and you're trying to stop them, and you can't stop them. And the worst thing you can do is, I told you so. And so I want to say very, you can cut it any way you want to cut it. You can talk about anything you want to talk about. But I'm going to tell you all something right now. Me, you, anyone in this church, and including me, I want to tell you something. If we start minimizing this book, we're in trouble. We're getting ready to go across the bridge and it's going to be out. We should be hanging up on every word. Why? Because it's a sword. Why? Because it's seed. It's a lamp. It's food. It nourishes me. 
Then I don't like it. I don't like looking in the mirror that much anymore because, you know, I'm almost 50. And man, I seen some pictures of me the other day. Man, I, I was a skinny little runt. And I actually had hair. And I had, you know, not big muscles, but I mean, I had some, you know, little slits and stuff in places that I thought was handsome. But you know, today when I look in the mirror, I'm like, man, what's this? There's a new one. I was driving down the road the other day. I looked in the mirror and I was looking because y'all know this ice, man, it wouldn't come off your vehicle. Finally, when I got that thing, I looked. I was like, ooh, I wish I'd have kept that ice on her because, man, I didn't realize I've got so many wrinkles and bags under my eyes. And I'm like, man, Mark, you didn't have them 30 years ago. You didn't have them 40 years ago. Yeah, some of you think you ain't that old. Well, I'm getting there. 50, that's pretty old. But I'm going to be honest, it's certainly, I don't know why everybody's laughing, but I, I'm going to be honest, when I look at the mirror now, it's certainly not my senior picture. And I'm going to be honest with you, I looked at my senior picture, I mean, hey, he's a pretty good looking guy. But I don't say that now. I start comparing me to other people that I graduated with. I'm like, well, at least I don't look that old. Well, he's been a drunk for 40 years. No wonder. But you say, why are you bringing all that? Because I don't really like looking in the mirror. And I'm going to be honest with y'all now. Y'all just stay with me. I'm going to be honest. Some of y'all think sometimes I'm preaching, I'm preaching to you. I'm going to be honest. This mirror, I don't like what I see in it. I'll be honest. I don't like what I see in myself. And see, this mirror reveals it to me. So I have a choice. I can either try to line up or I just get away from the mirror. Now, can I say, I know that was a long introduction. But Hebrews chapter 4, would you just turn there with me? And I'm just going to share a couple of things and we'll move on. And like I said, I'm not going to be in any hurry. I'm just going to keep preaching this message. We're going to start with the sword. Probably tonight we'll keep preaching on the sword. And if I don't get done tonight on the sword, we're going to preach it next week on the sword. And then I don't know what I'm going to preach on next. might be the hammer. It might be the seed. I don't know. But I, I, I want to stay on the sword. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into the rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Wow! Y'all ever heard of a bird's eye view? Here's what's beautiful about this sword, about the Word of God. It can give us a heavenly view. And you know what it gives us a heavenly view of? It gives us a heavenly view of our hearts. Now stay with me. We've heard of getting a bird's eye view of things, but we really need a God's eye view of things. 
And the Bible can give me a God's eye view of my heart. It really can help me see the things from God's standpoint. God's word, here it is, can point out our problems. Why? Because it's a sword. We see this truth in verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now there's a difference between the soul and the spirit. Most of the time all we want to deal with is the soul. But see, here's what's powerful about the Word of God. It not only deals with your emotions, it deals with your soul, it deals with your spirit. Now, I want to talk about this a little bit more at length at night. I wonder why we have so much discouragement, depression, and things going on in this world today. Have you ever thought maybe the correlation that maybe people just aren't lining up with the Word of God and so therefore they're depressed because they're saved and they should be living the Christian life and they could be depressed because they've gotten away from the Word of God? So I'm going to be honest with you. If I don't have this in my life, if I'm not reading the Word of God, listen to me, the Bible tells me that it cuts to my soul and my spirit. Now here's what God's telling us. He's telling us that God's Word penetrates us deep, deep inside of our heart. It cuts deep. It pierces. Now why is this important? Now, when I went and seen Brother Leston yesterday, I was amazed when he said, "I I got six blockages. I said, how do you know that? You know what they did? They did a scan. Deep. Now we use scans, we use MRIs, we use ultrasound machines, and we see what's inside of our bodies that normally we could not see. And boy, they're lifesavers. You know why? It saved Lesson's life. He went to get a scan of something else, and because he had something wrong with something else that's not life-threatening, they found life-threatening problems. Thank God for scans. Thank God for the deep, sodding, seeking scan. By the way, we ought to thank God we have a deep sword that scans. It's deep. See, the Word of God can cut through the spiritual calluses that's built up over amount of time. It cuts through the sin that's in our heart. It cuts through, listen, things in our hearts that we never dreamed that it cut through. That's one of the most crucial things the Bible can do in our lives. It can convict us of our sin. And all of us need this conviction. Why? Because all of us have sinned. Sharper than any two-edged sword. The word is referred to as a sword. Really, the sword of God is all edged. There's nothing blunt to it. The other day, I shot a doe, and uh, I had a knife, and Derek could not believe it. I sharpened that knife before we went down there, and I, he said, no, I'm not going to use your knife. He said, it's always dull. I said, no, try it. He used it, man, like butter. He says, Mark, I'm proud of you. He said, I can't believe you sharpened your knife. Plus, I'll have to say about them Florida deer, they're a lot different than these deer. And them things had skin, man, like just a little thin skin. Of course, they don't have the weather we have. But anyway, I say, why is that important? Man, I'm going to tell you all something right now. The Word of God, let me tell you something. It cuts sharp. It is a scalpel. Sharper than any two-edged sword. By the way, if that's true, if there's no blunt edges in it, that means that no matter what verse you're in, it's sharp. It's not dull. There's no dull chapters in the Bible. There's no dull verses in the Bible. There's no dull Sunday school lessons in the Bible. There's no dull 
devotions in the Bible. There's no dual message from the Bible. Now, by the way, I know we all have our favorites. Some we like more than others. We like some preachers more than others. And there's some that's been used for us. And then it's amazing. That preacher might be favorite to someone. But I want to tell you all something right now. If we have a preacher up here behind the Word of God and he's stuttering and he's given the Word of God, it is beneficial and it's not blunt. Why? Because the Bible says that it's all sword. It's a double-edged sword. It's powerful than anything in the world. The world is material. The Word of God is spiritual. And yet it affects the physical with the incredible results. You say, Pastor, give me, give me, give me an example. Well, when the Lord said, let there be light, guess what? There was light physically. See, we want to deal with the fruit. We want to deal with our emotions. We want to deal with our soul. Well, pastor, that's the way I feel. I understand that. I feel too. I feel just like you do. It, there's a lot of things hard to do in this world spiritually, but that's why when we hear the word of God, the Bible says that it cuts to us spiritually, the soul and the spirit. In other words, God understands our soul. He understands our hurts. He understands our reservations. But he wants us to trust his word. In Hebrews chapter 4, real quick, I just want to read this. The Bible says in verse 2, because the whole context, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, the whole context of him coming to this place and likening the Bible to the Word of God is because he's trying to help people say, look, you're sitting under the Word of God, but it's not profiting you. Why? Look at verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. In other words, they were there, they heard it, but it didn't help them. Wait a minute, pastor, you're telling me it's sharper than any two-edged sword, so something's wrong with the Bible. No, 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 no. God said it wasn't with the Bible, it was with the listeners. Notice what he said. It was this simple, church. It's this simple. It wasn't that they come there with a bad attitude. It didn't come, they didn't come there rebellious. Look what the Bible says. It's this simple. It was not profit them, why? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You know what? I've heard some crazy preachers. I've heard preachers, man, I mean make outlandish statements, man. I mean living by faith. And by the way, preachers like that make me nervous. Y'all, can I give y'all some, can I give y'all a hint? And I'm just really being practical and I'm confessing to you. Do y'all know I was always, I, 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 got, I got nervous around Pastor Sexton. Y'all know why I got nervous around Pastor Sexton? I, I, I'd go up to Knoxville, Laura knew I was close. She'd say, honey, just calm down. You're not even in the building yet. I walked up there the first time I was to preach chapel. The poor little secretary there, I was so nervous. I called her no sir for five minutes. I went, no, ma no, sir, no, sir, yes, sir. And she, Laura finally said, honey, calm down, it's a woman. You've been calling her sir for the last 10 minutes. Why? I'm nervous. But can I tell you why? You know why? When he came here, why I was nervous, man? Because I know, I'm going to tell you all right now, I truly believe he was one of those kind of men that he preached outlandish things. And for the normal Christian, it makes him nervous. Because you know what? We're satisfied with just down here. We're comfortable down here. Oh, don't press us too hard, Pastor. What are we saying? We're not believing. We're not mixing our listening and reading the Word of God with faith. That is possible. Let me tell you another one. 
lot of times we come to church, we're beaten, we're battered, we're hurt, we're struggling with a lot of things in the world. And man, the preacher gets up to preach and here's what happens. You're there so discouraged, you're not mixing any of your listening with faith. Here's what we're doing. I've heard that. Well, that's good for so-and-so, but that won't work for me. Do you want to know what will change when you start saying, no, that's for me? I believe that can happen here. I believe that can happen. And by the way, I want you all to know something. I'm only preaching my faith today. I'm only preaching my faith today. It's what got me up here. I have a belief that what I'm preaching is true. Even though I don't feel it right now. So I need to claim the big things of God. And so do you. I'm sorry. I was trying not to do this. I don't have all the answers. But I know who does. And I'm telling you, church, we've got to keep our faith in the Bible and His promises because they're not always going to feel true. And we're not always going to see them. But by faith, by faith, we're trusting Him. I pray that verse 2 is not true here. For under us was the gospel preached, as well as under them, but the word preached did not profit them. Why? Because I came here bullheaded. No. Because I didn't mix faith with the word. God help us. If you're here this morning, I know it honestly seems unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm amazed that there's a God in heaven that loves me so much. Y'all know why? Because I know who I am. I know what I think. I know what I've done. But you know why I know he loves me? The Bible tells me he does. So I can't go on my feeling. I know he loves me. And there's where I got to mix faith because my feelings don't always. Y'all ever feel, y'all always feel loved? But you know what? You are. Why? Because he loves me. How do you know that, Pastor Mark? He told me in his word. 
You know what? So I believe it. Whether I feel it or not, I believe it. Why, Pastor Mark? Because I'm just going to trust that one by faith. But I know for some, I've known people, they, they struggle with their salvation because they honestly cannot believe that a God loves them unconditionally because they know who they are. But see, there's where faith, that's what makes the gospel so powerful because it's by faith. <laughs> and his promises, every promise in the book is mine. And so every message is mine by faith. And I'm telling you right now, I told Laura this morning, man, I'm telling you right now, I have this undying spark. No matter what things are, how things are, listen to me, what keeps us going is by faith. We're going to do it by faith because we know he's able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. So this sword becomes more powerful when you mix the words of it with faith. I think we're going to be doing a, a fundraiser thing, but also for Mr. Stone. You know, we have a living miracle right here in front of us. Uh, every, science told us, medical science told us, you'd never live. Never live. What kept us going down there to that hospital with, even if it was a little ray of hope? It was faith in the God of heaven. Let's not lose it, church. So when we hear the preaching of God's word, you say, oh, that's too big for me. It's not too big for him. Every promise in the book is mine. Mix your preaching. Mix your listening, reading, and meditating on the word of God. Mix it with faith. Oh, that don't sound possible. But with God, all things are possible. And see, when you leave this building this morning, and if we'll do this, and we'll mix God's word with faith. I'm going to tell you right now. We'll walk out of this building with a light. We'll have more of a ray of hope and light and help than when we walked in here this morning. Because we will believe the impossible. And it keeps us going. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I just, it amazes me that a God in heaven wants to save me. I just doesn't, man, I, I just can't believe that. Believe it. <laughs> believe it. It's faith. You've got to believe that by faith. He, the Bible says that he, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He did that. So by faith, trust that he loves you. And you can be saved. You don't have to die in your sin. That comes from faith in Christ. Faith is a beautiful thing. And so if you're here this morning, you do not know Jesus Christ, your Savior, by faith, trust Christ. He's given you a promise. So by faith, you trust that promise. Whatever it is. Maybe it's salvation for you this morning. Maybe someone else, you're discouraged and you're broken and you're hurt and you feel so insufficient and you feel insecure. And maybe you feel like everything in your world's not the way it be. Listen, claim a promise by faith. And I'm going to tell you right now, God's word is true. God help us. Amen. With head bowed and eyes closed. How many of you know this morning...
I have not really mentioned anything specifically, but how many of you know this morning the God of heaven has spoken to your heart this morning? How many of you know that? Would you raise your hand? Would you come and find a place around this altar this morning and say, God, help me. Help me to realize the importance and the primacy of your word in my heart and in my life. Would you? If you don't come to this altar, maybe you find a place there. Sit in your pew and let's just Let's just ask the Lord to help us while we're tender, while we're there. Look, I'd like, look, I want our church to be, I want our church, man, I tell you, I. We've, we've got some wonderful talent. Man, I love to hear our folks sing. I do, man. I, I love to hear our folks sing. And, but, you know, I feel so inadequate. I really do, man. We, there's so many more things we could do. But I'm going to tell you one thing I think we got right. I believe preaching around here is at a premise. Although the devil jumps around on me from time to time say, hey, you need this, we need to do that. And I agree with a lot of those things. Not that I agree with the devil, but there's always can improve in me. I'm going to tell you right now, if we ever minimize the preaching of God's word, we're in trouble. We don't need less of it. We need more of it. Amen? We need more of it. Your children, you say, what do my child need? Your child needs more of the word of the water of the word of God. That's what your child needs. I told someone the other day, I said, look, she's a young, young girl. She's a young girl. By the way, all children are salvageable. All children are salvageable. But the Bible gives us the key to that. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. God says his word is the answer for the young man, the young woman. I pray will help us be people of the book. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for your grace. Lord, we're thankful for your word. Now, Lord, I don't always like it. It is a mirror. And Lord, there's been many times I've looked in that mirror and I have not liked what I see. But Lord, I need the mirror. I pray you'll help me to change the man in the mirror and not try to run from the mirror. Lord, I need fire. But Lord, that's not always fun. But Lord, I need to be purified. Lord, I live in a dark world and I'm trying to lead others in a dark world and Lord, I am, in, I am incapable of doing that. But Lord, as long as we get behind your lamp, your light, we can see in this old dark world. I pray you'll help us. We thank you for the sword of the Spirit. Thank you for the Word of God. And again, I thank you for each precious person that made it out here today. Everyone that's watching online, I pray you will help them and bless them today. And Lord, I pray you'll take this message and you will use it in the hearts of people.
We'll thank you for we ask it. In the precious name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And you may be dismissed. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Remember tonight we're having a business meeting so you don't want to miss it.